Good morning. Good morning, good morning, good morning. How are you? And I know it's like, well, we're online, so we can't really hear you. Uh, nah, I, I can't. I can't hear you guys. Um, I'm so glad you guys are here this morning. Uh, we're on on our on our series part five. Never meant for normal. Never meant for normal. And uh, I really do believe that. I really do believe that we're we were never meant for normal. And so um, I know last week we spoke about um, that that we serve a God of the impossible and that God opens the impossibilities, you know, and when the Red Sea is in front of us and Egypt is behind us, that we serve a God of the impossibilities and, you know, that God loves when we're between a rock and a hard place because that's where miracles happen. And so this week we're going to, we're going to get back into Exodus and we're going to show, I'm going to, we're going to talk about not being meant for normal and we're going to pick up in Exodus 15. If you guys are with us online, we're going to pick up in Exodus 15. Um, so we just uh, read that Israel went through the Red Sea and God allowed the uh, Egyptians to follow them. And he drowned them in the midst of the Red Sea. And, and God did something impossible for Israel. And the same God that does something impossible for Israel wants to do something impossible for you. So I don't think that just because... Oh, you know, the sermon is over. We, he preached it already. I don't think anything impossible can happen. No, no, no. We serve a God who lives in the impossible. And so whatever you're believing God for, whatever you're standing for, watch, waiting for God to do, he's going to do it. It's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when. It doesn't say if I bless you. It says when he blesses you, when he comes through. And so we're picking up in Exodus 15 and... Um, the first part of Exodus 15 is important because it's the first recorded worship song in the Bible. It's a very long worship song. So they make it through on dry ground and they're on the other side. And the first thing they do is worship God in song. Now imagine if we, we worship God in song after every, um, after every trial that we've been through. What would it look like after everything that we've been through if when God parted the seas if we were to worship God? As soon, as soon as we made it through on dry ground. What would that look like? What would that sound like? And so uh, that's the first thing that they did, <clears throat> excuse me, is that they worshiped God, that God brought them through that, and then they worshiped God. But we're going to focus on, on more of the, this little story right here that happens at verse 22. We're going to focus on, on this little story. Now, Israel had just made it through on dry ground, and they sang their worship song, and they're thanking God. Oh, thank you, God. You did amazing. Um, could you? The computer. Uh, uh, if you can. And so they, uh, they're thanking God for it, and they're saying, God, thank you for bringing us on dry ground. Thank you for doing all that you do. You're so wonderful. You're so great. And so they sing this amazing worship song. And then what happens? Then they're walking in the desert for three days. Three days or 33 miles. They're walking in the desert. And then they start to grumble. So let's read. We're going to pick up in Exodus um, 15, verse 22. It says, Then Moses led Israel from the Red Sea, and they went into the desert of Shur. For three days they traveled in the desert without finding water. When they came to Marah, 
They could not drink its water because it was bitter. That is why the place is called Mara. So the people grumbled against Moses saying, what are we to drink? What are we going to drink? They've been traveling in this desert for three days, for 33 miles, and the desert's hot. And then they see water, and it's like, oh, we want to drink this. And anyone ever experienced that, right? Everyone, I mean, come on, we live in Memphis. Like, anyone ever, like, you're walking in, especially if you walk in Memphis or anywhere, and it could be a degree above 89, and it is blazing hot, right? And it's blazing hot, and then what happens, you're like, well, I'm going to go buy a bottle of water, and you end up buying a bottle of water. And what happens is is you go and you accidentally buy, like, Evian, and you drink it, and you're like, this is gross. And anyone ever drink Evian water by accident or on purpose? At like, this week, so that happened to me this week. I was walking, um, I was doing my prayer walk downtown, and... Uh, I bought a bottle of water. I was trying to, and I was just like, oh, it's flavored water. Mmm, flavored water. And I was like, watermelon and mint. I was like, oh, fancy. And so I bought it, and I'm like, this will be great. And when I tell you guys, I was like, I, I was sweating like I just played a basketball game. Like, when I walked in, I was just like, oh, goodness, thank God for air conditioning. Let me just act like I'm going to buy more stuff and walk around CVS, but I'm not. I'm just here because it's really hot. And so I walk in, and I buy this flavored water, and I'm, I'm walking out halfway dry. And as I'm walking down the street, I take the first sip because I'm really excited. I'm like, oh, watermelon mint. I'm fancy now. And I take the first sip, and I'm like, ah, this is disgusting. It tastes like old medicine. And, you know, well, if you guys know me, it's like I bought it, so I'm going to drink most of it. I paid the money already. And so I take another drink, and I'm like, I don't even enjoy this. This is terrible. And so I drink, like, three-fourths of it, and I'm like, I I just can't do it to myself anymore. I was already in the building. I was already in air conditioning. And so I just threw the rest away. I just threw it away. I was like, I can't deal with this anymore. And I threw it out. And, And I realized is that, It's the same thing. Like, Israel went through the same thing. They had been walking all that time, and they'd they'd been walking all that way, and they go to this water where they're going to find something to satiate what they're going through, and they drink it, and they're like, ah, gross. Why is this that way? What happened? And so we can see here, it says that they were walking in the desert for three days or 33 miles, and they got tomorrow and they didn't and they couldn't drink the water because it was bitter. See, when I was looking at this story, I realized that the problem wasn't the water. And you may be sitting here saying, Pastor, yeah, it is. No, no, no. The problem wasn't the water. The problem wasn't that when they went to drink, that wasn't the problem. See, the problem came in is when they were thirsty. That, that was the problem. It's not the water because the water's been there for a very long time. Mara, it, it had a name. Mara had been Mara for a very long time. The problem is that they were walking for 33 miles or three days, and they were thirsty. See, I think that's some of us, right? Some of us, we've been walking, on this, we've been walking through this thing called life, We've been walking through this thing called life, 
And then we don't realize in our distance, or excuse me, we've been walking, and then we don't realize that we've been through deserts, that we've been through battles, that we just got watch God open the impossible for us, and we're walking, and we keep on going, and then we get to this water where we think we're going to be satiated, where we think we're going to be fulfilled, and we scoop down, and we drink it, and we're like, ugh, this is gross. This is horrible. Because what the water represents is that the water represents life. See, life, because of our choosing, life, because of, um, of our decisions, life is bitter. Anyone ever go through bitter seasons in life? And for some of us, what do we do? We complain and we say, God made this water bitter so we can't drink it. That's not true. That's not true. God didn't make the water bitter because he knew Israel was going to drink it. The water was always bitter. Life didn't become difficult because you were born. Life is just difficult. Life is hard. And I think some of us, we give ourselves too much credit. We think, oh, this is happening because it's me. This is happening because, you know, I always get bad luck. And we give ourselves so much credit as if God is just out to get us, as if God just wants to give us bitter water, and that's not true. Mankind, Adam and Eve, made the decision before we were all here to partake of the fruit and live of their own accord and live of their own volition and live of their own flesh. And so from that moment, life became bitter. The waters that we're supposed to be filling became bitter. How many of us found ourselves blaming God, right? God, why are the waters bitter? It's your fault. And now we look at the, and how, we find ourselves in the same place. And the thing is, the waters look different for all of us. For some of us, it's like, well, you know, if I could just get this house, I won't be thirsty. If I could just be in this relationship, I won't be thirsty. If I could just get these degrees, I'm not going to be thirsty anymore. If I could just get this car, this promotion, this status, this whatever, this many followers, this many views, I won't be thirsty anymore. My thirst would be satiated. And what happens is, is that we'll go to that water and we'll take a, a handful of it, a big gulp. Oh, man, this is going to be great. We take it and we get it and it's bitter and it's disgusting. And we realize, oh, this isn't what I want at all. This is horrible. How many of us find ourselves in that place? How many of us are in that place right now where we're pursuing something, right? And then we get it. And I'm not saying pursuing something is wrong, but when we pursue something out of God's will or we pursue something that is not of, is not of God, it's bitter. And we, you know how many, I mean, look at the celebrities. Look at online. Look at some of our parents, our family members. They've been pursuing something for so long, and then when they finally get it, it didn't do what, what they want, what they thought it would do. How many of us have found ourselves in those same situations? And I know online it's the same thing. We start pursuing this thing and going after it, and then when we get to it, we're like, man, I've been on this journey. I've been in this desert for three days. I've been, in, I've been walking, you know, 33 miles. I've been through this desert. You know, this is the thing that's going to quench my thirst. This is going to be the thing that does it, and then we go and we take a drink of it, and it's like, this doesn't do it for me. Why is this so bitter? This is not supposed to be bitter. I've, I've talked to you guys time and time again. There are promotions in my life that I thought when I get this promotion, I'm going to be a lot happier. And then when I took a big swig of that promotion, I realized it wasn't happier. 
that it was bitter water. The problem didn't come from the water. The, the water will always be the water. Mara will always be Mara. That water will always be bitter. Life, the way it is, the way it's set up, it's bitter. Life is hard. I wish someone would have told me, like, hey, when I was younger, life is hard. The waters are going to be bitter. It's going to taste like watermelon mint, and it's going to be gross. We chase things that, that we, see, because the truth is, if they weren't thirsty, the water wouldn't have been a problem, right? Right? If you're not thirsty, the water being bitter doesn't really matter to you. Because it's like, well, I don't got to drink that. I'm not really thirsty. I don't have to. I don't got to. I could just walk around it or I could just ignore it. And how many of us find ourselves in those situations? And that's the beauty about it, though, is like sometimes we have the option to, well, that's not my problem, so I don't got to drink it. I mean, that's not the water I go to, so I don't have to drink it. And so they go to this water, because if, if they weren't thirsty, they just would have ignored it. It wouldn't have been a problem. It, they would have never cried out to God, but I believe God allowed this to happen for a reason. And so I want you guys to hear me when I say this, because this has been on my heart. Um, some of us as Christians, and even you online, listen to this. Some of us haven't noticed or assessed the journey that we've been on and been through, and we get mad at God for water and life being so bitter. We haven't looked at the journey. We haven't looked at, wow, I've, I, this has been a desert season for me. We haven't looked at us. We haven't reflected on ourselves and say, God, why am I so thirsty right now? Why, do I, why am I so thirsty? What am I thirsty for? Why do I feel so unfulfilled? Why do I feel so lonely? Why do I feel so unloved? Why do I feel so angry? Why do I feel so frustrated? And we never stopped and looked what the journey that we've been through. We never took the time out and said, wow, what, what, what brought this on? Is it, did I just go through, like, man, I just went through a really tough breakup or, Maybe I'm this way because I've been hurt so many times by people. Or maybe I'm so mistrusting because I've been lied to so many times. And we never look at the journey. We just blame it whenever we go to the, whenever we live our life and something bad happens. That's God's fault. That's God's fault. God, are you even listening to me? God, do you even care about me? I've been reading the Bible and nothing's been happening. God, the reason why everything's turning out the way it's turning out is because you hate me. That's not true. Each and every one of us, each and every one of us, from the moment that we were born, from the moment that we came into this earth, the waters were bitter. Not because God decided it for it, for it to be bitter for us. It's just that's what we choose. But I want to tell you today and I want to encourage you that the waters won't always stay bitter. They won't always be like that. But life is hard. The water is bitter. We have to understand that God didn't make the water bitter for Israel, nor does he intentionally make life bitter for you. 
He doesn't intentionally say, you know what, let me go out of my way and make your life harder. Let me go out of my way and make this a little bit harder. He doesn't do that. He's a good father. He's a faithful father. He doesn't say, you know what, they've been, you know, he's not, he's not a God that's like, I'm going to get you back. He's not that God. And I think so many of us, so many times, we think of God in that manner. We think of God in the matter of, oh, because I did something wrong, he's going to do something bad for me. Or you know what? I feel like too many things have been going, so obviously I messed up. Obviously I'm broken. But we never look at the journey we've been on. We never look at the things that made us thirsty. What makes you thirsty? Maybe looking for a job. Maybe looking for uh, uh, trying to be in a relationship. Maybe chasing material things that you've been trying to get for so long. Maybe it's chasing recognition. Maybe it's chasing a title. Maybe it's cha- We start chasing all of these things and we don't realize that we've been through the desert of life. And so when we get to a place in, in our strength and in our, in our ways, we get to this place where we're like, oh, water. Look at, look at what I found in my strength. Oh, this is so good. And we take a drink of it and we're like, why is this so bitter? Why is this so nasty? Look at what I found. And then we're like, God, you made it this way. Isn't that crazy? That we blame God for those things? God, it's your fault. Life is hard. Life is hard. And I'm on, I want to be transparent about that. Life isn't easy. Life is not a cakewalk. And there are some people we can look at and say, well, surely their life is easy. Maybe, maybe not, but we don't know their story. We don't know what desert they've been through. We don't know that the bitter waters that they've had to drink. I think it's so easy sometimes for us as Christians to look at other people who are drinking their water and be like, of course your life is easy. You have a lot of money. Of course your life is easy. But we don't know their story. We don't know what they've been through. We don't know wh- how they got to where they got and if they sacrificed their soul along the journey for a little bit of water. Because some of us, we would rather gain the whole world. We'd rather gain the water on our own and build a fil- filtration system on our own and do it all on our own and then lose our soul in the process. And we say, thank you, me, for doing everything that you have provided. It's because of my hard work that I got here and we never give thanks to God. And it's so crazy to me that Israel, it's like, don't you think the same God who just literally brought you through a large body of water can also provide the water that you need? Like literally, you guys three days ago were just walking through a sea. You literally could have reached your hand out and pulled a fish out and been like, yo, this is a fish. I'm in the fish's home. Put the fish back. And now you're complaining because the water is bitter. And what I love, I just love the response. Listen, life isn't bitter because we serve a God who intends on making it bitter. Life is bitter because in the beginning we chose sin. And that sin has permeated through all, all, of, all of history. It won't permeate through all of time because God, God is going to put a stop to that. But it's permeated through all of its um, genealogies and its offsprings. And so because of sin, life can be bitter. God doesn't intentionally make it that way. But let's keep on reading. 
It says, then Moses cried out to the Lord, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood. He threw it into the water, and the water became fit to drink. Moses cried out, on, and the people grumbled, what are we to drink? And Moses cried out, and the Lord showed him a piece of wood, and he threw that piece of wood into the water, and the water became fit. Now, there's a ton of symbolism going on here, and we could talk about that symbolism in a moment. But what, I, what I've noticed is that when, when God said, hey, take that piece of wood and throw it into the water, it's going to change the water. You know how abnormal that sounds? So imagine Moses like, so you want me to go grab that nasty stick over there and throw it into the water, and that's going to make the water better. What? Do you know how many times in our life where God has asked us to do something and because he's like, I'm going to change the waters for you in this season? But we look at it as silly. We look at it as, as kind of weird. That's not normal. Why would I do that? And God is not asking for you to critique what he asked you to do. He's just looking for you to be obedient. See, we have to understand that your obedience to God will determine if your waters become sweet or not. You, I'll say that again. Your obedience to God, your obedience to the scriptures, your obedience to living a lifestyle honoring Christ will determine if, if you can turn your bitter water sweet. Because a lot of us want to live our own life. We want to do what we want to do. We want to do it how we want to do it. And then we want to know why the waters are still bitter. But I find that when you live a life in obedience with the scripture, when you live a lifestyle honoring God, God will say, hey, Throw that stick into the water, and it's going to change the contents of the water. It's going to make the water sweet. It's going to be fit to drink. And then the symbolism behind that was like, yeah, of course he said throw the stick into the water because God put the cross into our sin. See, that's the symbolism right there. It's like, whoa, he stick a stick and threw it into water, and the water is good. And that just showed me, yeah, life without Jesus is all bitter waters. But when Jesus enters in, oh, man, this water is not bitter anymore. See, if you live this life without, if you walk this life without Jesus, you have become accustomed to the taste of bitter water. If you walk your life without Jesus, you've become accustomed to the taste of bitter water. There are some people who enjoy the taste of bitter water. There are crazy people out there who enjoy the taste of Evian. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be hating on Evian like that. It's just the times that I've drank it, it was just like, wow, people willingly purchase and drink this. I, I am just so surprised. But it's the same thing in our own life, right? Some people willingly choose bitterness. They would willingly just kneel there and drink bitter water. They would willingly just choose Mara. They, they choose bitter water and they drink it. And th th at the beginning, they're like, oh, I don't want this. I don't like this. But yet God is like, hey, if you just come close to my son, if you just allow my son to put my, his cross into your life, if you allow him, if you follow that, he can make the water sweeter. But people are like, no, I'm used to the way this tastes. I'm okay with the way this tastes. God, I know you hate me because you keep on, you want this water to be bitter for me. I know you hate me. And God is like, no, that, that's not it. See, if you, if, if you were obedient and you just 
followed what I told you to do, if you were just if you would be obedient, I I can change your bitter waters. I can I can make them sweet waters. See, accepting Jesus into your life and living according to the scriptures doesn't guarantee you a bitter free life. It just means he could make it sweeter. I think some of us have had that thought, right, when we came to Jesus. Oh, if I accept Jesus into my life, my life is going to be easy. He's going to make things all easy. See, you have to understand in this story that Jesus didn't change the contents of the water. God didn't change the contents of the water. Jesus did. Jesus turned the water into wine. God didn't change the water into Kool-Aid. He didn't change the water into Sprite or Mountain Dew. He didn't change the contents of the water. The water stayed water. It was H2O when they drank it in the beginning, and it was H2O when they drank it after he made it sweeter. It was always water. You have to understand, life, God's not going to change your entire, if you're, if you're like, God, I need, like, I need a job. He's not going to be like, here's a million dollars. He's not going to do that. I mean, if he does... Holler at me because I, I mean I might need to pray what you're praying. He didn't change it. He didn't make it a juice. He didn't make it a wine. He said, take that stick, Moses. I want to see if you're obedient. Take that stick and throw it into the water because that stick, that wood is going to make the water sweeter. And so as us, as Christians, there are times when God is like, God, I feel I just drank this water and this water is very bitter and I'm drink and it was disgusting. I don't know what to do in my life right now. I feel like my life is very bitter. And God is like, go ahead and pick up these scriptures, pick up this book, because that's you putting a stick into the water. And I guarantee you, after you read this, and after you live a life according to this, it's going to make your bitter waters sweeter. Some of us have bitter waters by choice, okay? I'm just going to go out there and say it. Some of us have chosen bitter waters because we refuse to live in obedience with these words. Some of us are still grumbling about bitter waters. And then when someone asks you, hey, have you prayed about that? No, God's not listening. Oh, okay. Have you read your word? No, no, I haven't read my word in like four months. Well, have you, have you like sought out? Nope, I haven't done that. Well, my friend, if you are not seeking God with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul, and if you're not obediently and, and, and pursuing him, my friend, you have chosen to drink bitter waters, and that is not God's fault. Have you ever noticed in those times, in those rough, in those bitter waters of life, that the moment that you say, God, I trust you, I love you, I don't understand what's going on, I can't interpret how this is happening, but great is thy faithfulness, Great are you, God. Uh, you, turn, you turn graves into gardens, Lord God. I'm going to worship you in this moment. I'm going to praise you in this moment. Have you ever noticed life sometimes just there's a little sweetness to life in that moment? In the moments when I lost my job and I didn't know where I was going to get another paycheck and I just said, you know what, I'm not going to focus on this bitter water, but I'm going to choose to follow God, things became a little sweeter. You know what, I had a disagreement with my coworker or my boss, and I'm scared that I might lose my job. I'm scared of what's going on. And in that moment when I'm like, you know what, God, I'm not going to focus on that. I'm just going to trust you. Life becomes a little sweeter. 
It's not that the contents of the water changed. The water stayed the same. But there was, there was a, a catalyst thrown into the water. There was something that was put in the water that changed the, the, the taste of the water. You have to understand, when you live life with Jesus, when God is leading you, yes, you're going to face bitter waters, but God is that catalyst. That cross is that catalyst. And yes, you may have bitter waters, but when that cross enters that water, it can change the taste of it. It can change the taste of it. There are some of us here today who I feel God is saying, why are you choosing to drink from that bitter cup? My son did that already. My son did that already. He didn't change the water into wine. He didn't change it into juice or whatever. He made what was already there pleasant. There are some of us right now and some of us who are walking with God. And you think if he gave you a million dollars, if he gave you the man or woman of your dreams, if he worked out all of your plans, if he did all of those things, it would change your bitter waters. And that's just not the way it works. It's just not. Some of us tomorrow, if we, if, if, we, if we had a genie, we'd rub the lamp and like, oh, three wishes? Easy. I know my top three wishes. Money. If I'm single, spouse. If you're married, maybe another spouse for some of y'all. I'm just kidding. I want notoriety. I want the promotion. But God is not a genie. You can't buy him. You can't rub the Bible and out comes Jesus. That's not the way it works. God likes to use the abnormal things. He told Moses, hey, grab that stick and throw it into the water and watch. I'm going to make what you already have. I'm going to change the water and make it pleasant. But if Moses never took that stick and never threw it into the water, how could it be pleasant? I think there are times when, when God is like, I want this season to be pleasant for you, but you're deciding to, not, to, to be disobedient. You're deciding to not walk with me, so how can I make this pleasant? Because the only time life is bitter is when you're making decisions on your own. The only time water is bitter is when you're really thirsty and you try to go to something that you think is going to fill you up and it doesn't. That, those are the times when it's the most bitter. But I find that even though life is hard, there's a Jesus I can call to. There's a God that I can call to, and he's faithful to hear me. See, when Israel called out to God, he didn't turn a deaf ear and say, figure it out yourself. He didn't say, hey, make a filtration system that will make this water better. He didn't do that. When Israel cried out to Moses, Moses cried out to God and said, God, we, we need you. We're trying to drink this water. We feel like we're going to die. What are we to do? And God is saying, take that stick and throw it into the water. I'm going to make it pleasant for you. Why are we choosing bitterness? Why do we willingly, willingly choose bitterness? When God is saying, hey, I, can, I just want to make it pleasant for you. I want this water to fill you up. See, we can't just ignore the water. We just can't. We can't ignore it. We can't just ignore life and say, you know what? 
I, that, that just doesn't happen. We can't just look at it and say, nah, I don't, I'm just going to ignore it if I can't. Because at some point, guess what? If they, if they would have, if they could have ignored it, maybe they would have ignored it, but they were thirsty. Because even if you ignored it, it's still going to be there. Life is still going to be there. Them, them bills are still going to be there. Those kids are still going to be there. The spouse, they're still going to be there. And I believe that God is saying, if you would just cry out to me, I can change, I can make it pleasant. You can have the husband or wife in the relationship that you've always prayed about, but you just got to be obedient, throw the stick in the water. You can have the promotions and stuff that I have for you, but just walk according to my will, be obedient, throw the stick in the water, I can get that to you. Now, it may not, not be in a day or in a moment, but I, I, can, I can fulfill you. I can fill you with things that you thought would never satisfy you. You just have to be obedient. I'm going to close on this. Verse 27, it said, There the Lord issued a ruling and instruction for them, and he put them to the test. He said, if you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all of his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. They, God issues them a promise and an instruction. He says, and so he says, if. So we, anytime we hear the word if, we know a decision has to be made, right? We know anytime we hear the word if, we have to make the decision. It requires us to participate. It says, if you listen carefully and do what is right in his eyes and you pay attention to his commands and keep all of his decrees. I will not bring any diseases I brought on Egypt, for I am the Lord who heals you. He says, if you decide to do these things, if you decide to do it, I will be the God who heals. I will be your Jehovah Rapha. I will be the God who heals. I can heal your bitter waters and make them sweet again. I could heal the people who left your life, the people who hurt you, the pain that you feel in your heart, the things that you've been experiencing. If you allow me to, I can heal this bitter thing called life. Oh, amen. That's such a good promise of God. That's a promise of God. If you follow my instructions, if you live, if you follow after me, I can heal your bitter waters. I can, I won't change the contents of the water, but I can make it sweeter. I am the God who heals. That's what he's saying. If you guys follow me, I will heal this bitterness called life. I can heal you. That's not saying I'm going to take you away from life. That's saying I'm going to heal you in the life that you're in already. There's some of us sitting in this room and some of us online and you're waiting and you're saying, God, 
God, I don't know what's going on. And God is like, before I heal your surroundings, I need to be your Jehovah Rapha. I need to heal you first. I am the God who heals because when I heal you, I can make you sweeter for everyone else around you. No longer will people look at you as bitter waters. Because how many people, I don't know if you've noticed that, that sometimes in your life, and maybe some of you, you've noticed people in your own life, they're just bitter people in your life, right? Like no matter what they do, no matter what they're going through, they're just always angry. They're just always bitter. And sometimes we're that person, right? Depending on the season, we're that person. We're just always bitter. Some, sometimes it lasts more than one season. Sometimes it's a couple of years, and it's just like, man, why are you always bitter? I always find that when, when I'm at my, when I'm, when I'm very, when I'm extremely bitter and I stay there and I allow that to be my place, when I choose to be bitter, sometimes that's when I'm the furthest away from God because when I draw near to him, he draws near to me. And God won't allow your life to stay in a bitter place. Because once the God who heals me begins to change me and he works in me and he does something new in me, no longer can I be bitter, but I become sweeter to other people. Because there's, there, listen, there, there is a water in you, there is life in you, there is a Holy Spirit in you. And, where, and, and for a lot of us Christians, what happens is we become bitter over time. We've gone through church hurts. We've been through different seasons that want us to become bitter. But I want to be a pastor, and I want this church to be a church. When people come in, they receive sweet water. Where they, It's just like, wow, they're living, the same, they're living a similar life. They're just living their life. But they found sweet water in Jesus Christ. And so I want to say the same thing for us, and I want to challenge some of you guys that there are some of you guys right now that you're choosing bitterness, and God is saying, I want to be your Jehovah Rapha. I want to be the one who heals you. I want to heal the waters in your life. I want to heal the church hurts in your life. I want to heal the breakups in your life. I want to heal the financial problems in your life. I want to heal the level that you feel like you're, you're not important enough. I want to heal that. I want to heal your self-esteem. I want to heal that, but you just have to stick with me if you obey me. And follow my commands. I can heal that. I'm Jehovah Rapha. If you don't mind coming up to play. See, anytime the word if is there, there's a decision. God told Israel, you, you guys have to make a decision. I won't bring on you what I brought on Egypt, if you decide, if you make a decision. How many of us are still deciding to drink bitter water? If you don't know Jesus, huh, you've decided to constantly drink bitter water. You've decided that, you know what, I'm going to be okay with the, the way this water tastes. Because I'd rather drink this bitter water. I'm okay with it. My taste buds have become accustomed to it. 
But I believe that there's some people online right now. I 100% believe that there's someone online right now who's saying, I don't want to drink bitter water anymore. I don't want to become accustomed to it. I've drank so much of it and it hasn't nourished me and it hasn't satiated me and it hasn't made me happy. Actually, the, what I put in is bitter water and what I'm putting out is bitterness. And so I want to be changed. I don't, I don't want to be that bitter person in my family. I don't want to be that bitter person in my friend group. I don't want to be bitter anymore more show me tell me how do I how does how do does God change my life and Jesus made it simple see I'm not saying that there's a literal stick to throw in the water that's going to change your life but I know of a man named Jesus and what he did was he threw this stick called the cross into the bitterness of our life and those who decided to drink of that water, life became sweeter. Not that it was sweet all the time. Not that saying we don't taste bitterness in our water. But life was sweeter. There, He's given us moments where life has become so sweet. I find that in my own life, especially in this season, that I have to make a decision. Am I going to allow this water to be bitter or am I going to just cling to Jesus? Jesus, I know this water is before me and I know it doesn't taste great, but Lord God, you said if I follow your decrees, you will make it sweeter. And I think sometimes we like to attribute, oh, God's going to make life sweet. And you, we think in our minds, God's going to give me everything I want. That doesn't mean that. When God makes your life sweet, when he, he, it's like he takes a bitter water. He can take a bitter moment and make it sweet to you. Some of us experienced this recently. Some of us have experienced, oh, I've been through a breakup, and what you thought would break you and you, what you thought would be bitter, you, you're walking away like, oh, that, you know what? That wasn't that bad. I should have broke up with you a long time ago. Or we, we, you know, some of us are in a place where we lost a job in this season or we were furloughed and we were like, God, what are we going to do? And what we thought would be bitter, when we, when we went to Jesus, it was like, you know what? <laughs> Man, I, I need a paycheck, but God knows, like, that stress was killing me. I don't have a paycheck, but I'm more at peace now than I was before. You know what? I, I may be furloughed, but I, I feel a peace about this furlough. Or the other thing is just like, especially in this season or maybe the next, man, I know I have to tell, I have to be honest with my family about who I am and who God called me to be. And I know none of them don't know Jesus the way I know Jesus. And man, this could turn out real bitter, but God, you got me, right? And then you go through it and you find a sweetness in it. And then you find the family that you thought would reject you is actually interested. You find that the job that you thought you needed, you really didn't need because God has put something in you already that he's trying to build through you. You find that your identity isn't found in the relationship that you're in with someone. Your identity isn't found in them and their words don't, don't, don't make you. But you find your identity in Christ Jesus. 
you find that, you know what, you might have not needed whatever you've been trying to buy for so long because once you get it, you're like, this was it? I know I'm not the only one. How many of us have bought things and then like a week later we're like, I'm about to return this. I don't need it. It didn't fulfill anything in me that I thought it was. Some of us, we're scared of the future. We're scared of what's coming. But I want to show you something. Because when God is Jehovah Rapha, he's not just Jehovah Rapha over a part of your life. He's Jehovah Rapha over your entire life. And he will heal you. It says, then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees, and they camped there near the water. So they went from this very bitter little thing of water called Mara. They went from this very bitter little thing and God is saying, hey, this was a test. I wanted to see if you guys would be obedient. I wanted to see if you guys would do what I told you to do. And notice that I didn't change the water into wine or I didn't change the contents of the water. It's still water, but I just made the water sweeter. But not only am I going to do that, I want to show you guys that if you stay following me, if you stay in my will, if you stay behind me, not only will I make your current season sweeter, but look what it says. Then they came to Elam, where there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. So they were just walking in the desert for three days. And if you look at the map, it's all desert. It says that there were 12 springs and 70 palm trees. And right there, God was showing me, he's like, not only can I take what's bitter in a moment and make it sweet, I've already mapped out for you where I want you to be. And no longer you're going to walk that same journey in the desert that you walked. I'm going to have you camp near the water. This was so good. This was so good that someone stood there and counted. One, two, three, four, five. There's about 12 of them here, ain't there? Yeah, I'm going to count the palm trees because there's a lot of them, huh? God blessed them so well that they had to stop and count. God said, if you follow me, I can take this bitter moment and make it sweet because I have so much more for you after this one moment. I know this one moment of water is bitter. And guess what? I'm going to make it sweet if you stay with me. And if you stay with me, I'm going to take you to a place that's bigger than what you can plan and bigger than what you could afford. I've already planned that out for you. Stay, and it says that they camped near the water. And, for, and the question I want to leave us with is, all right, you might have gone through a bitter time. You might have gone through a bitter season. But are you following God, and are you going to camp near the water? Are you going to stay where the water is fresh? Are you going to stay where God has healed the water? It says that they camped near the water in Elam, that there were 12 springs. They had decisions. They're like, do you want to live next to that spring or that spring? Or do you want to live next to that one or that one? I don't want to live next to that one. You know, they, they messy over there. Let's go to that one. 
that where God was taking them was better than the moment that they experienced. And I want to tell you that you may be experiencing a bitter moment right now, and God can make that moment sweeter, but you have to keep your eyes that where you are headed is not where you're at right now. Yes, the bitter water, the water in Mara is bitter, and God makes it sweet, but God is saying, I didn't call you to camp at Mara. I called you to camp at Elam because what's at Elam is bigger. What I have for you is bigger. God didn't call us to live in this one moment at Mara. He didn't say, live here and you know what, make, make do with this bitter water. It says, no, this water was bitter for right here. And it's going to, you know, God made it sweet to satiate our thirst right now. But where are you guys going? Oh, God didn't call us to live in this bitter moment. God didn't call us to live in unemployment. God didn't call us to live at this angry job. God didn't call us to, 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 to be in a relationship with this angry person. There's Elam in front of me. There's Elam in front of me. Why are you going to Elam? Have you seen the springs that are there? Do you see that there's 70 palm trees there? How do you know there's 70 palm trees? I counted. We could have a little tribe of people around every palm tree there. And I believe that's where God is speaking to you today. Either you're online or in the room. God can take a bitter moment and make it sweet. He can take a bitter moment and make it very sweet. But you don't have to stay there. When you follow him, you can go from moment to moment. You guys receive that today? Amen. Let's pray. If you're watching online and you're in this room and you never accepted Jesus into your heart, and, and you're living this life without Jesus. Some of you guys are living in Mara. You're living in, in bitterness. But that's not what God had planned for you because God had Jesus planned for you. Because when Jesus put his cross in, in, in bitterness, he made it sweet. And so if you're watching online, you're in this room and saying, Pastor, I, I don't know Jesus and I've chosen bitter waters for myself and I've chosen it so much that I've become used to it. I want to pray for you. And then I want to pray for those who are Christians. And those who, who have said, you know what, Pastor, I, I think... I think I've try, I'm trying to live in Mara, but I know God has called me to Elam because Elam's going to be a better resting place for me than Mara, but I've been hurt and, I, and I'm stuck. I want to pray for you as well. If you're watching online, you could leave an amen in the comments, and I want to pray for you. And we're going to pray right now. But you don't have to live where the bitter water was. God can take a bitter moment and make it sweet. But then there's the rest of it, right? You have to get to Elam. Don't forget. Don't stay near that. Get to Elam. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for who you are, Lord God. Lord God, I want to pray for people who don't know you, Jesus, and who've been walking in this life, Lord God, not knowing that, that you can make the water sweet, that you can turn 
bitter moments into sweet moments, Lord God. And so, Lord God, I want to pray for those in the name of Jesus right now who are who have been drinking out of the out of Mara, who've been drinking bitterness, Lord God. Lord God, I pray, Lord God, that they come to you and their life is transformed by you, Lord God. That the blood of Jesus washes over them, Lord God, that they repent from their wickedness and they turn to you and they cling to you, Lord Jesus. And Lord God, I want to pray for those who who have a relationship with you, Lord God, and they're and they're trying to figure out, Lord God, why are they stuck in this bitter pattern? Why are they stuck in this bitter place, Lord God? But Lord God, show them where their Elam is, Lord God. Show them, Lord God, that it's not the waters, Lord God, but it's you on the journey who set them apart, Lord. Help us, Lord God, in this life. We know life is hard. But Lord God, you, you make life worth living. You make life so sweet. And in those bitter moments, Lord God, let us not stay there. But let us look to you, Lord God, because we know when we're obedient to your word and, we're, and we follow after you and we chase after you, Lord God, you turn bitter moments and make them so sweet. You take the bitterness and sometimes you take away the sting of it, Lord God, and you offer a little bit of sweetness to it. So, Father, we just thank you for who you are. We thank you for your goodness. In Jesus' name, and everyone said, amen. Listen, if you've prayed with us online or if you're in this room and you've prayed with us, I'd love to talk to you. You can shoot me an email at pastorjeremy at pioneerchurch.com. I'd love to have a conversation with you because here's what I understand is that Israel cried out to Moses, you know, and God made Moses their leader. And some of you guys don't have a church home and some of you guys don't have a family. But if you can tell me, I'll be your family. You got family in this room who are willing to pray for you. We have a team. If you go to pioneerchurch.com forward slash prayer, we have a team who's praying for your prayer request night and day for two weeks. Two weeks. They're going on your behalf the same way Moses went on behalf of Israel. They, they'll go on your behalf and they'll pray for you. I want to thank you guys for tuning in this week. Um, thank you for your continued generosity. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for tuning in. We, we really do appreciate it. Just, I just want to let you know that God blesses a cheerful giver. He really does. And it goes on and on and on. And it helps us keep on doing what we're doing. So thank you so much for that. Um, don't forget to, when you go online, we have our Pioneer shirts available. Pioneerchurch.com slash shop. You can buy our shirts and, and just support our ministry and keep our ministry moving forward. And so what we'll do one more prayer and then we'll get out of here. Father, we just thank you for today. We thank you for this Sunday. We thank you for this moment. Lord God, we were not created for bitterness, Lord God. We're created to be life givers, Lord God. And so, Lord God, we just thank you for these moments, Father. Lord God, as we go through this week, point out maybe the bitter areas in our lives we need to address, Lord God. Show us the journey or the desert that we've been through that, that made us so thirsty. Show us. And Lord God, if we need Elam, Lord God, when we need Elam, give us Elam. Give us 70 palm trees and 12 springs, Lord God. Refresh our souls. Refresh us for the journey. We love you and thank you. And everyone said, amen. I love you guys. See you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in. Thank you for listening to the Pioneer Church Podcast. Let's go one step further. Subscribe and share this podcast with family and friends and see how this word changes their life. 
At Pioneer, we believe in journeying together. If you want to support this ministry, go to pioneerchurch.com give to continue to help us to reach people for Jesus. Thank you again for listening and God bless you.